Hello and welcome to The Gateway Presents. My name is Nathan Fung and I'm the news editor of The Gateway. Um, today I'm joined by Tracy Baer, an assistant professor cross-appointed with the Faculty of Native Studies and the Department of Women and Gender Studies, and I'll be talking for today about the Indigenous Women and Youth Resilience Project. Mm-hmm. So thanks so much for joining us today. You're welcome, Nathan. Um, nice to be here. Yeah. I guess to start off, um, uh, could you start off by talking a little bit about the project and what is it about? Sure. Uh, The project came about um, after the TRC came out with their series of recommendations. And as you know, post-secondary institutions across Canada are looking to see how they can um, better their relationship with Indigenous people through reconciliation. And so there were some funds available through the Office of the Provost. Uh, The dean at the time, Brendan Hokofitu, um, accessed them. And uh, I was just starting off as an assistant professor and asked me if I wanted to head up a resilience project or a reconciliation project. And uh, to be honest, I said, no, thanks. Oh. <laughs> it sounds great, but no, thanks. Um, I'm having difficulty as an Indigenous person with the word reconciliation at the moment. Seems to be a lot of words. Um, so uh, he's like, well, what would you like to do? And I said, you know, um, I'm not against reconciliation, but how about we explore the practical side of what reconciliation might be, and let's focus on Indigenous women and youth, and uh, look at the resilience and resistance that we see within there, and give back to talking about that. So um, so that's how the project of uh, resilience um, started at the faculty. Uh, I have a coordinator, Sarah Howdell, who also works with me, and uh, so we do a lot of amazing things there. Okay. So what year was this again? I, bl- I believe the TRC ended in 2015. Mm-hmm. And then the recommendations came out, and then, of course, funding followed after that. So uh, the project got off the ground uh, July 1st of last year, and then we hired Sarah in August. Okay. Um, so I was reading about your project, and I understand a part of it has to do with resilience theory. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that might be confusing to some people. So could you, could you explain a little bit about like what resilience theory is mm-hmm. and what does it mean in the context of your project? Absolutely. Uh, so Indigenous, um, to back up a little bit, there is a, um, a lot of theory on resilience. Uh, human beings, you know, ever since we could record things and talk about things, we have had resilience, right? Uh, so what makes Indigenous resilience stand apart from that? Uh, it's really important to note that thus far from what we've been gathering and what we've been reading, that indigenous resilience is quite a different animal than um, resilience in itself. And by that, indigenous resilience means um, we think a lot about community. And we think a lot about accountability to that community and our responsibilities as as Indigenous people. So uh, as we're going through and um, reading on resilience and looking at some of our survey results, what we're finding is that for Indigenous people, resiliency depends upon community. It also depends on how accountable we are to our communities. Okay. Um, So going back to... Your project. So part of it is having a survey out there to get stories from the community about stories of resilience, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So um, thanks for mentioning that, Nathan. So we have a website. It's um, www.indigenouswomensresilience.com. 
and uh, I invite Indigenous people to go on there. There is a short survey that people can take, um, and then there's a longer survey if you have more to say on the topic. And we're also doing uh, individual interviews as well as group interviews, um, and so we're gaining a lot of material from that. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you know, like, could you put a number as to how many like responses you've gotten so far? Um, I haven't checked. I've been a. We just organized a big <laughs> symposium this beginning September, so we haven't um, been checking on the on the survey as of yet. But uh, one of the interesting things about uh, looking at a theory of indigenous resilience is um, universities are well known for creating theories and and pushing through on theory. But one of the things that we found really important is not only to have a theory, but put that theory into practice. And so if we're talking about Indigenous resilience theory, what does that mean in practice? Mm -hmm. What that means is creating a community, making networks, establishing relationships with people. Uh, Community doesn't necessarily have to mean a reserve. It doesn't necessarily mean a Métis settlement. But we do have a community on campus. And so what we wanted to do was to bolster that already existing community by having holding community um, events. Um, One of the events we had was a ribbon skirt making. It was a two-day workshop. So ribbon skirt is important in uh, many Indigenous cultures um, um, and very contemporary. And so uh, we had people sign up to make a ribbon skirt and to also hear teachings from two of our um, noted cultural workers. And so... When you have something like that happen on campus and you have people get together and they're they're sewing, they're laughing, they're eating food, that creates a stronger community on campus. As you know, uh, Indigenous people are underrepresented here on campus, and so it's mm-hmm. nice to have uh, a gathering like that to celebrate some of our cultural teachings. Okay. So those are the kind of stories that you're looking for, sort of, like the community-building stories? Um, well, no, we we no. really wanted to keep the surveys quite open-ended. Um, as you probably can appreciate, um, resilience and resistance comes in all sorts of shapes and forms. We have amazingly strong leaders like uh, Sylvia McAdam, uh, who one of the co-founders of Idle No More, who definitely show us what resistance is. They show us what resilience is in a, a very real, very public way. Um, some of the stories that we're also looking for is some of them that people might not think are exact resilience stories. So, for instance, we open up the door for people to talk about um, ways in which they are resilient. It, it could be you're the oldest in a family of four and you're the ones that get your siblings up in the morning. You're the one that feeds them breakfast and you're the one that mm. takes them to school. That is an incredibly resilient thing to do. It might not be, you might not be the co-founder of Idle No More, but it doesn't mean you're not making a difference in your siblings' lives or your life. So we're open um, up to all those types of stories as well. Okay. And um, so the idea of the survey is to gather stories like that, mm-hmm. like those. And then um, what are the next steps with that project? Next steps, so um, we're Obviously, we'd like a few more people to do the survey to get a real breadth of it, um, of knowledge, and and what constitutes this idea of resiliency, Mm -hmm. and so that we can find, you know, 
stronger patterns in there. Um, we're already finding, of course, that there is that uh, strong pattern of accountability to community, as I as I said before. But we're also open up to all sorts of stories. So we're hoping for a few more people to participate in the survey. Um, sorry, tell me what your question was again. Um, I guess the other thing too is like, when does the survey end? Right. Um, it'll end probably um, next April. Then we can compile the um, compile the, the data and uh, come out with some papers. Okay. I just want to jump back a bit to um, talk a little bit more about the um, sort of rationale behind some of the, this, um, this project. Mm. And um, I believe you told uh, a colleague of mine that this also partially has to do with how media currently covers Indigenous women. Mm. Um, can you talk about that a little bit? And, what you, and like, um, yeah, and, like, how... I think what you, you told my uh, colleague was that um, media only covers, like, big-name events, like, I don't know more, but, like, a lot of the smaller stories get, like, um, no notice. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, as a journalist yourself, you probably, you know, we all understand the um, term, if it bleeds, it leads. Mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes as an Indigenous woman, it, it seems that that seems to be very true. Um, I don't see uh, as much representation of positive stories about Indigenous women as other news stories. And uh, there seems to be a, um, a larger... Um, component of negative news about Indigenous women and uh, girls. So we want to add to the voices who are already talking about positive influences of amazing Indigenous women and youth who are doing amazing work in this country um, in, in their little areas um, and hopefully being able to um, uh, not only use our survey as one of those um, um, an evidence of the resilience of Indigenous women, but also to uplift and bolster some of the projects and things that are already going on today. Okay. Um, and so when the survey ends, um, uh, what's the plan to do with them? Are you, uh, like, how are you, gonna, do you have a, like, are you thinking of like making those stories sort of like public to like digestible to like um, the mass audience, for example, or something like that? Um, we actually have an amazing advisory group for, for our project. And so that's something that we're going to be talking with them about. Uh, some of the stories are highly personal. Mm -hmm. Some, they're all extremely powerful and would be really useful, but, uh, respecting people's privacies and what they've shared is really important to us as, as you can understand there's ethics involved in that. So, um, negotiating our way into what stories we can tell and share is, is important but also getting the word out about the resiliency of Indigenous people. Um, so we'll put that to our advisory group. Okay. <laughs> Another thing I think you um, you told, um, I believe, the CB, um, in the CBC's article on this, on this project, is mm -hmm. that like a lot of these personal stories are sort of taken for granted in terms of like from a pedagogy point of view. Like they're not taken as like serious knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. Um not a lot of people think that perhaps just the ability to feed your siblings or, or, or take them to school would necessarily be something that's resilience or resistance, right? But uh, it takes courage, and things that take courage and strength are, are part of what makes up resiliency, right? Um, and so it's important to um, touch on those stories as well because they make us who we are. And so you're feeding your siblings one day and getting them up, and the next thing you know, you know, you're 
completing a PhD or, you know, you're, you're doing those things. So it's really important to make sure uh, Indigenous people, uh, especially women and youth, know that those little things that they do every day are incredibly important in the everyday lives, just as much as I don't know more is. But keeping, keeping your family safe, happy, and healthy is, um, is not an easy thing to do in this day and age. And so we, we want to give our hats off to those type of people and uplift those types of stories as well. Okay. So resilience, I guess the message of your project is that resilience isn't just like the big protest movement, but it's also those tiny little stories from day to day and stuff like that, those daily experiences. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, you know, we can build a theory as uh, as easily as anyone else, but uh, the important part of the project is also to put that theory into practice, right? And so what does that look like? Um, so many of the things that we've done in and around campus reflect that idea of community building, relationship building, and accountability. So putting theory into practice and practice into theory is always a good thing. Okay. There was also that symposium that you mentioned that was earlier in September. Can you talk a little bit more about that as well? Sure. Man, that symposium was incredible. Um, a lot of us um, have been to conferences, and, and uh, we, there's a lot of takeaway, obviously, from them, and they're, they're valuable. But what one of the number one complaints that I, I feel I get from my fellow Nietzsche's or my fellow uh, Indigenous people we don't get enough time to talk to each other about each other's work. And so part of this conference was looking at the um, um, anti-colonial ways of being in colonial spaces. And so we looked at hospitals, um, post-secondary institutions, um, the medical field. And we looked at all the different ind- Indigenous people who are working in that field and the types of uh, resiliencies that they're seeing and the types of resistances that they're seeing. And so we brought them together, these scholars, and they were able to, um, we kept enough space for them to connect and to relate to each other and perhaps make those connections. So that was a really important part of the symposium is, is making sure that people got connected with other like-minded people. Okay, so you're not just talking about resilience and like being able to like um, survive from day to day, but also in like different colonial institutions like university itself right absolutely yeah 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 um so it's not just like outside the university it's also within the halls here like indigenous students who are underrepresented in each faculty and stuff like that oh absolutely for sure and uh the students are where a lot of our surveys come from survey um the questionnaires come from uh is their knowledge and you know we have such a variety of students on campus we have you know from 17 years old uh single um to you know mature students who mm-hmm. have children at home that are you know working a job and going to school and raising children so all of those voices are are really diverse and it's really important to get those um voices heard okay Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's all I had um, in mind for questions, but is there anything else that I may have missed or anything you want to add? Uh, yes. So I just want to read a little blurb. Um, this project confronts violence against Indigenous women and youth by surveying Indigenous practices of survival and resilience, framing these knowledges as a method to create change in ourselves, in our communities, and policies of government. We compile and map these perspectives to construct an Indigenous theory of resilience 
by asking what Indigenous resiliency looks like and how these knowledges can help end violence against women and youth. So take the online survey at www.indigenouswomensresilience.com and we would be ever so grateful. All right. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks, Nathan.